your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. A little bit, a little drizzly out there, but Brad Paff made it in studio. He's our Wisconsin State Senator, represents the 32nd District. Hi, Brad. How are you doing? I'm good. I, well, I could be better, actually. It's Monday. so Yeah. Um, and I was thinking as it's drizzling, so... Uh, your 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 dad. This is probably a better question. We yep. should get your dad on the phone. Yeah, you should. He's a good guy. <laughs> so I'm I'm pulling out of my driveway. It just snowed last week. My mm-hmm. driveway is pretty pretty. It's, mm-hmm. it's good. I have and I have to drive my old truck. So it's a '96, and I took it out of four wheel drive because the driveway is good. But as soon as I hit a little bit of ice, I'm stuck. I have oh, to no. get out. I have to lock the hubs. Oh. I have to put it in four, and then I have to move it. Yeah. Just a little bit of ice. And it just made me wonder, how did anyone drive like in the 70s? Like when before four-wheel drive. That's right. I don't even know. Chains. I should like chains. I remember You're putting right. chains oh. on trucks and chains on tractors. Oh, yeah. We'll get Dad, a, you know, a good farmer from the Mindoro Homan area, he'll tell you the good old days. Oh, they had chains oh. on their vehicles. I, was, I, Google, I Google when was four-wheel drive invented. 1893. So wow. It didn't come to the PAF household <laughs> until the 1980s. But it's just so annoying. Like, I just like, oh, and because I have to lock my hub. So, yes, mm-hmm. chains. I never thought of, oh, that's yeah. not easy. Could you imagine, like, oh, no. I'm stuck just a little bit and I yeah. can't push it. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to get the. Yeah. Ch- I don't even know how you would put chains on. Well, I remember. I mean, I'm I'm old. I'm in my mid fifties, but I remember when I went to get tires. I would have to have my t- my winter tires as well as my uh, you know summer and spring tires. So they would put different tires on the car because we didn't have front wheel drive. We had back wheel drive. Right, rear which, wheel drive. Rear well, wheel which drive. Which makes me wonder, like how how you know I go to the, I go to old car shows with my parents mm-hmm. in the summer, and it makes me wonder, like how. Because you would just drive a Mustang. You drive a Mustang. You drive a muscle car as your everyday. I mm-hmm. think it just seems you weird now because those are like whoa. My and dad now- had a Plymouth Barracuda, uh, yeah. nineteen sixty five. Just but, a beautiful car. But that said. thing's a boat. It's a boat. And then you would just drive it all year round. You drive it all year round. <laughs> Like it doesn't oh, yeah. move in the oh, winter because it's rear wheel. You're spinning out. I feel like people would be spinning out. They spun every out other- all the time. Like there must oh. be ac- like a thousand accidents every time it snowed up. Heavy cars. I remember Dad tells me the story. He traded in his Plymouth Barracuda and he got himself a Plymouth Fury Three, and the thing was like twenty feet long, and it had a hood that was twelve <laughs> feet long. It was amazing. Yeah, beautiful car though. Yeah, I just I can't imagine like it starts to snow out, but I got to take my Barracuda <laughs> down to the grocery store. Like, so what? You put the chains on that. You put thing? the chains know. on it. Yeah, so I don't know. I have I have issues with my truck today as I'm driving in. I'm so, sorry about that. And and so like I'm I'm on the phone with my brother who's a mechanic and my dad's a mechanic and I my other brother's a mechanic and I'm like the radio nerd who doesn't know. <laughs> I know more than your average bear, but I I'm still like the truck shifts real hard. And I'm like, what's going on? And so my brother's like giving me. You know, you got to go do this and go and have them read the truck so the computer can reset and this and that. Uh, well, that's it was hard. It's reset. I mean, I remember, I mean, when I was in high school in the 80s, we used to have an auto mechanic and we used to uh, you know, be able to work on cars. Now it seems like everything is computer based with a car and it's like, well, forget that. Yeah, my brother, when we, when I go home, for the, you know, when I go home, I, I'll talk to him. We'll we'll have a lot of electric vehicle conversations. Yeah, I don't right. know if you have these. Oh, I mean, you must you must have oh, yes. these conversations in Madison, right? As, we do, as opposed to 
and, and maybe your dad would have some interesting opinions as well. But uh, a my brother's big take that I just started seeing a story last week on it. They're they're really heavy. They're more they're heavier than your regular car. Maybe yeah. maybe a lot heavier. I guess I haven't researched it a whole lot. So when we talk about fix the roads and we mm-hmm. talk about putting all the cars that are all the cars are going to be electric vehicle cars. Man, we might have to really start thinking yeah. about how we fix the roads in the future because the infrastructure is going to crumble literally under under these EVs. Yeah, and the thing is, that is a conversation I, you guys I, are having? We, we are having a lot of conversations regarding electronic vehicles, uh, electric vehicles. You're probably not even there yet, though. Like, right. oh, we're just trying to get them on the road. Oh, now we have to think right. about the road. Oh, we got to think about the condition of the road. But no, as far as, you know, where are these EV charging stations going to be? You know, and how do we set those up? Because you think about it, the the way that we have created, you know, the modern transportation right now, it's all based upon the internal combustion engine. And we have gasoline stations in different corner, street corners and yep. geographically placed along our interstates. What are we going to do when we leave our homes? Everything is electric vehicles, say, 20 years from now. And we leave our homes and we charged our vehicle overnight. So it's pump full. Yeah. Um, you know, what is going to be, where do we charge them going forward? Yeah. Um, when- the, the one thing I, the one argument I hear against that, that I, makes a lot of sense. First of all, the EV, it, it's going to be a hard car to, to road trip for because of that, because right. you're going to have to figure out where you're going to stop. Are you charge well, it, does yeah. my hotel have a charging? But the, and then everyone's always like, it's such an inconvenience. You'll have to go to the EV gas station, right? right. Whatever you want to call, call, call it. The juice station. And then you'll have to sit there for, a half hour or an hour or however long it takes, right. you know, I don't exactly know. Some take 15 minutes just to get it, you know, to, to a point. But, but the other, the other, the flip side of that is like, I charge my car in my garage. Right. I never have to go to a gas station. I never have to stop and think about like, and I won't have to get out and hit the button and put the credit card in. And then when it asks me for a car wash when it's 30 below, I don't have to go, no, I don't want a car wash. Why are you asking me this? And then keep going because I won't have to do that because I'll charge my car at home. And how many times do you take a road trip? So Right. That, that's right. So that's there is a convenience right. There's to, a, the, to the ultimate inconvenience of sitting at a gas station for an hour right. to charge Unless your they car. change the, uh, you know, a supercharge. They create a supercharge and something that can be, we can charge our vehicle within 10 minutes. Yeah. Now that's going to take some physics and that's going to take an awful lot of engineering in order to do that. We're but, all going to be running on Mr. Fusion is what yeah, I we'll say. If you remember back yeah, in I remember Future that. 2. Yep. And uh, we just discovered Fusion a yes, couple, we did. couple, couple months, months ago. ago. That was a, the conversation. I, I think we're probably a decade or 10 away from uh, that ever coming to fruition. Probably not in our lifetime where we're driving Mr. Fusion, but... Uh, you know, if you watch Back to the Future, I think we're right in that bubble uh, where they would be. That's Brad Paff. He's the state senator. He's hanging out in studio with us. He did He did vote. You know, I, I'm called liberal hack in here, Brad, and you mm. did vote with the Republicans on a couple of bills. I'm going to have to, you know, yell at you about that, this. No, stuff. please. I'll tell you, I, uh, I'm <laughs> proud to vote in a bipartisan way. We'll be right back. Man says it's the end of time and the Mississippi River she's a gold dry. It's the first time in like my three and a half years Hank Williams Jr. has been on the air. Love Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> 608-785-7914. If you got a question for Brad Paff, state senator of the 32nd district here in Wisconsin. I always like to do this, Brad. Just it's like a quiz, like you wouldn't yeah. know. But like how far up, down, left, and right? Well, right is pretty easy. 
or east of yeah, West. Yeah, right is the Mississippi River. <laughs> right. uh, east, it goes uh, all the way to the Monroe County line uh, near Camp Douglas, uh, Oakdale. Uh, north is just north of Holman, and following the Mississippi River south, 88 miles, uh, just south of Prairie du Chien. That's right. the district. That's the district. It's pretty big. That's a pretty yeah, big district. beautiful district. Um, all right, so... I, we right before the break, I mentioned that you voted with Republicans. The audacity of—I think you were the only Democrat, though—the only st- senator to yeah. vote with Republicans on at least one of these. I don't know if it, were you the only one on both of them. No, questions? I was on the I was on one piece of legislation, and I was—I uh, think there may have been a a dozen or so Democrats uh, that ended up voting uh, total in the assembly for the uh, same piece of uh, legislation okay. I did. So you're, the welfare question, you're the only Democrat. So 22 senators voted for it. You're the 22nd, and then 10 Demo- the 10 De- the other 10 Democratic senators voted against um, the welfare question. That's going to go on our ballot. We had a podcast. Me and William Garcia, the Lacrosse County Democratic Party chair, this morning uh, comes out on Mondays. But he talked about uh, this to a, l- a little bit. So I want to break it down a little bit. So the, the the welfare question. First of all, he said any questions that are going on the ballot don't actually mean anything they're like the 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 state legislature it could be kind of like a a guide oh look at this advisory referendum advisory referendum good that's the term um we 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 are not a state where if we put something on the ballot that becomes law but we could be there's other states that do this the the citizens kind of get to decide whether or not they like a law that's that's right i mean california is a perfect example of that Perfect and imperfect, I think. Yeah, that's right. From, from what I hear, California put like 500 of these on. They will put a lot of um, a lot of things on the ballot. Yeah, and I don't. I'm exaggerating yeah. like 500. But Ron Johnson floated this right before the election, right, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of putting an abortion question on the ballot, but actually having it – or not – he didn't propose – he didn't he didn't propose this. Governor Tony Evers proposed this, and Ron Johnson agreed. That's right. Just that the idea of do you have to change the constitution to put the if we're going to put the we got to change the constitution so that citizens can kind of factor into the lawmaking process. Well, I mean, so it is a resolution that would seek the public opinion. It's yep. an advisory resolution. What we're doing now. What we're doing right now. But, but and, Democratic or Governor Tony Evers proposed the idea that we could change this so that if whatever the citizens said on whatever issue that went to the ballot would not be advisory. It would be. Law. It would. Yes, that's correct. And we could also do constitutional amendments where we add an amendment to our state's constitution. Yeah, that's and so we do have um, something like that, a constitutional amendment on uh, the April ballot. And when it comes to um, bail the issue of bail reform. Yeah. And I am someone that uh, believes that we need to have some criminal justice reform. But I also believe that we need to make sure that uh, we keep our communities as safe as we possibly can. And uh, we need to make sure that our law enforcement have the tools that they need. We also need to make sure uh, that our judges uh, have the tools that they need to make sure that uh, uh, communities like uh, La Crosse and Onalaska and Holman stay safe. How much of the Senate and the Assembly do you think really understands bail reform and how this process works? Because I had Tim Grinke, the La Crosse County District Attorney, in with me a couple, two weeks ago. And he described it, but it's it's complicated. It it's, is complicated. It, it puts a lot of right now. I think the judge has to just make a minor decision, but right. the way you guys want to change it is putting a lot of onus on the judge to to figure out you know whether or not this person should should be on house arrest or should be in jail or should just be on bail. Right? It it, it is giving the judge more tools. Uh, I would argue, and I voted for it to put this on the ballot in April, and I 
plan to vote for, yes in April for this, but this will give the judge additional tools in order to again put um, you know to be uh, stricter than um, you know what uh, they may have been in the past. And yeah, the, um, the the only I guess uh, the the judge will take in the fact like other the, a bunch of factors, a right? bunch of factors. Do you know what factors? Like, well, what ones it, are the good ones? You think? Well, are I mean, it, good it, and bad. It, sure, sure. It can be the fact that you know an upstanding citizen or you know participating in the community. Um, the fact that um, you know that uh, you know they have have appeared in court. Um, that um, you know they have um, you know are willing to step forward and uh, provide restitution and all kinds of other assistance as well. There's, there's a variety of factors a judge uh, can uh, bring forward in a sent- sentencing. And uh, what this amendment will do is provide additional um, tools uh, for that judge. And, um, you know, there is, uh, we all recognize the fact that, um, you know, we want to keep our communities as safe as, they, as we can. And at the same time, I mean, we want to make sure we keep, uh, um, you know, due process, uh, and we make sure that uh, uh, those that have been accused, the the uh, the defendant, um, you know, has their right in court as well. The the money aspect of this is what the uh, Garcia, the Democratic County Chair Party Chair Democratic Party Chair said uh, was the the part that doesn't work. And Tim Grinke, the DA, said this as well: is um, when you when you add money, when you add bail money, right? Like you got to hit a certain, a million dollars bail. Um, that makes rich people just be able to get out because you get that money back, but they have the money and then poor people like have no options. They'll just sit in jail because they're not going to be able to make bail. So like at, keeping that as part of this factor, everything else seems mm-hmm. agreeable to everybody, liberals, progressives, conservatives, everybody. Um, the, part of the question and the questions that are going on the ballot are, we're, we called them word salad. I mm-hmm. called it gobbledygook because it's, it's really... Cash. Uh, so one of the questions, cash bail before conviction, shall Section 8.2 of Article 1 of the Constitution be amended to allow a court to impose cash bail on a person accused of a violent crime based on the totality of the circumstances, including the accused's previous conviction for a violent crime, the probability that the accused will fail to appear, the need to protect community from serious harm and prevent witness intimidation, and potential affirmative defenses. Mm-hmm. Huh? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but if you kind of mm-hmm. if you study it, I, I don't know how many people are going to sit there and study it in the ballot. Yeah, that all makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. but the, but the idea that we're adding a cash part of this means that poor people just won't won't be able to get out. Well, yeah, but the thing is, here in Wisconsin, unlike other states, here in Wisconsin, you have to put all your money up. In some states that have cash bail, you only have to put up a portion of it. Here in Wisconsin, I mean, if Judge says you have a million dollars cash bill. You got to come up with that million dollars. Oh, you do. Oh, yeah. You actually have. You, you got to come up with that. Well, Here somebody else can come up with well, it someone, for you, right? But, yeah, but but unlike other states that have cash bail, I mean they, and I don't know the exact percentage, but you know you could do a, a quarter of it, you know, a fifth yeah, of which it, which isn't, which doesn't make a ton of sense. William was kind of saying that you could. Um, get a bail bondsman, mm-hmm. and then they would come up with the money for you, and then you essentially, and when it's all said and done, you pay pay that guy a percentage of that's what you do of the million or whatever that's it is. That's What you do, but again, uh, you know, but it would a, take quite a bail bondsman if you got a million dollars. Right. You know, I don't know up. if there. I don't know if that person exists, but right. also that's like free money, I guess. And well, well, unless you run, then you're yeah. out a million dollars. <laughs> I suppose you would really have to trust that you're not going to run. Right. Um, but but again. People that have a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, if it was ten percent of that, 
are afforded that and people that don't and, are, don't. And and I will say this. I mean, we we do need to have a conversation in this in this country uh, when it comes to you know criminal justice reform and what can what is going on right now. There's no doubt about that. Um, but what we have before us in April is a referendum. Uh, well, excuse me, not a referendum. Something would place a constitutional amendment, mm-hmm. which would give judges greater uh, tools, uh, additional tools, in order to um, the individual that's before them in their court when it comes to sent- sentencing. And uh, the uh, cash bail is part of that. But the overall larger conversation is, is to, to give uh, judges greater greater tools. The, the questions seem complicated and then simple as well and then the idea because the, it, it's already it's got to pass the legislature what twice and it so has it, once yes already? so it already passed in 2021 yep. and then it passed this last week last tuesday okay six days ago and thus uh to be placed on the ballot this april and then it goes on and then once it goes on the ballot and it gets voted on and if it passes then our then it is Law and okay. it is part of you know our our state's uh, constitution. And this is where it gets tricky because I feel like the general public reads that and it's a word salad. But also, yeah, I agree with it because I don't quite understand right. it. And that's the concern, and that's why it's very important that you know we continue uh, shows like yourself and you know other uh, other information sources that people can reach out to and learn more about this. Right, because you this, can't learn it on the ballot. Because if you're seeing it for the first time when you walk into the ballot booth in April. And that's what everybody's going to do. They're going to see the, this for the first time. That's the concern on it. And there's no, like, here's what it is right. and here's what it's going to be. There's none of that. because right. there's. But even if you looked at what it is, that the, the judge is very limited on, on their ability to decide. I think it's it's basically... Their their monetary. I don't know. I guess they, I, they are limited, and I don't have all the information from me. But they they are limited. This provides additional uh, tools for them as right. far as what they can do as um, as far as sentencing. Um, and um, you know, as such, that is the reason why I voted for it because I want to do. I want to give our judges additional tools, and I, at the same time, I want to keep our community safe. And I recognize that uh, you know the cash bail and what. The difference from one state to the next on that, um, you know, but I do believe overall it's important that we move forward with this. And that's why I voted I for it. Maybe we get Gloria Doyle on the phone oh, right. and ask her opinion. Yeah, I have right? to ask like, her what, opinion on it. Because because it is a lot of responsibility, a lot more responsibility on a judge. And then we got to, de- and we vote for judges. So we, then we got to really decide, oh, is this judge qualified for, you know, making to make these, these decisions? That's right. And, uh, yeah, so, anyway, Brad Papp's going to hang out with us. We've got to take another break. We'll be back. First song I remember, this one. I'm not sure I know what this one is. Is this one, is this a good one for you? Yeah, it's pretty fun. You You know, that whole Monday Night Football song that all got started because the Hank Williams Jr. had his all his rowdy friends were coming over tonight. Oh, okay. That's how uh, it all got started. Well, wow, this is a very different song than the Monday Night Football theme. What? I'm waiting for like this. Sounds almost like oh my exes live in Texas. Kind of that guy. Anyway, State Senator Brad Papp hanging out in studio with us in La Crosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. We're talking about we're 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 continuing to do show off the air and, and and trying to decipher cash bail 
And um, we're just going to complicate matters because Brian's going to call in. Oh, you got to put these headphones on. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, you tell me when you put those on, you tell me if you can hear me okay. I can hear okay. you just fine. All right. So Brian Brian wants to call in. He kind of has a question. I think it's just going to complicate matters. But Brian, is this Brian? Yes. Hey, yeah, Brian, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. You're on the air. Yeah. Uh, my question, I guess, is, you know, I understand that, you know, when you're setting bail, for, for an individual, you need to set it based on, you know, the ability to pay it and what, what the judge wants to accomplish with it. Uh, and this is along that same line, but at the same time, you know, what about the, the protection for businesses? Uh, I was recently involved in a, in a dispute with a former employee, for example, and, uh, yeah, they didn't have a lot of money. And, yeah, I did well in, in the business that I have. But the individual was uh, charged. We spent, I spent a year and a half with the prosecution uh, of this case against this person. And throughout the whole time frame, it was just assumed that, geez, you know, you're a business. You can afford this. This is a cost of business, you know. And I wasn't even really getting that from the, from, uh, the prosecuting of the district attorney's office as much as I, I, I had a wide awakening at the actual hearing in which the judge didn't use any tools. He didn't do anything. He didn't even review the the information that was presented. And uh, I, I just think a lot of times you're, you know, they are letting people off and not not giving the, uh, the judges aren't using the tools they're given to prosecute these people. All right. Th- thanks for the call, Brian. Sounds like the judge threw out the case, and sometimes people don't agree with that. I mean, we, yeah. we see that. We've, we've seen that happen in 2020 quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, the cases were thrown out. Yeah, Brian was saying that the tools that the, the judge currently had uh, was not being fully uh, used. Uh, but again, what this uh, amendment uh, does... Uh, this amendment to the Constitution would do, the state Constitution would provide judges with additional uh, tools. So uh, if the judge in Brian's particular matter did not think uh, the tools that uh, he or she had were applicable, uh, again, uh, there would be additional uh, tools that would be able, the judge would be able to use um, uh, going forward. Yeah, and, the, and these, these tools uh, have to do with bail reform, and I'll say there there's two questions going on the ballot in terms of bail reform, which will amend our state constitution so really serious stuff is there enough time here for people to kind of like educate themselves and make a decision because you passed this last week and it's going on an april ballot to change the constitution that's i feel like we should have like a year to figure this out not a couple of months well i will always argue that there should be more uh there should be more information out there on this uh, without a doubt we should not be rushing things like this um but this is what you know was on the floor, uh, state senate floor last week. I don't set that schedule. Uh, it was on the floor last week, and again, it was done in order to make sure it was put on the ballot here in April. Uh, I compliment you, Rick, for your interest in this topic, and I would hope that uh, 
you know, your show and future shows, we could, you know, talk more about this because this is important. It, it really is important. When we start talking about making sure that we provide law enforcement with the tools that they need uh, to keep the community safe, but at the same time making sure that we have due process uh, for, you know, for uh, residents. I mean, that's also very, very important. And that's why, you know, I, again, I, I think the more information, the better. And we have a very important state Supreme Court race coming up here uh, in April as well. And the the candidates for that are being asked uh, the same questions that you're asking me uh, is where they stand when it comes to this, uh, mm. uh, th- this on the ballot. And uh, they're split. And so I can let them speak for themselves the, on that. And that's part of the controversy here is we have a state Supreme Court race, so let's throw a bunch of stuff on the ballot that's going to get because April turnout is like twenty percent. Sometimes it's pretty. Yeah, it's it can, really pathetic. It can be low. It's a lot of local elections, and of course, this year Lacrosse has a school board race, and other communities have school board races and their city council races as well. But it's a lot of local yep. uh, elections that are taking. And not place. even a not even a mayor's race on the ballot. So even less people are going to even uh, be interested in. And so you throw these things on, and only like the real. Uh, you know, people that really just like to go and vote on everything are, are going to be incentivized here because, uh, you know, and people that are paying attention to this stuff. And, that's and, right. And sometimes that's most times, especially these April elections, that way, that uh, tips the scales towards conservatives. So that's part of the pandering here is conservatives and the Republicans in the legislature are putting these on the ballot to get more conservatives come out because they want to win that state Supreme Court race. So there's a little bit of nefariousness here. Uh, being called out by the other side, and I will do. I will say this: I do think voters can see through that. I mean, I think that they need to look at this. They may. They need to study this issue. They need to decide how they're going to vote. Uh, and I encourage them to get out and to vote, regardless if they vote for this measure or not. Uh, but the thing is, is that I I think it does democracy and injustice when you know we think that we're going to just. Um, you know, sneak some, something by the voters. I think the voters will, they'll call us on that, and they should. They should call any politician on that if you try and sneak something by. Well, the problem here is that nobody disagrees with the things that are, hey, we're going to give ju- uh, judges more tools. I don't think, it's just when and, uh, like, how quickly and when we're doing this, uh, because it just happens to be when the most important Wisconsin Supreme Court race in the history, it's going to weigh, it's going to decide whether the Supreme Court is, Left or right. So um, the, the other thing that's going on the ballot is a little bit different. It's not a constitutional amendment. It's just a advisory. It's an advisory referendum. referendum. Sort of like, okay, so the other problem I have with these, and this one's on welfare and whether or not uh, able-bodied uh, adults without children should be required to search for employment to get welfare benefits. The other problem I have is, as a Democrat, in, I think in terms of the 1849 abortion law. That's right. So these two bail reform questions are going on the ballot as constitutional amendments. A welfare question is going on the ballot as, as a Re- referendum. referendum. Republicans propose that. Governor Tony Evers and other Democrats, maybe yourself included, propose putting the abortion. Should Wisconsin repeal its 1849 abortion law? Maybe what? Go back to the Roe versus Wade standard? Something That's like correct. That? That's absolutely right. And then Republicans said, no, we're not going to put that one on the right. ballot. Why, why wouldn't we put that on the bill? Does that infuriate you a little Yeah, bit? it does. I mean, I, I co-sponsor legislation to have a, uh, a resolution, a resolution so we get an idea of where the voters stand in this state. Uh, I'm pretty confident that voters recognize the fact that we should not go back to 1849. Right. Um, 
And so I do completely support uh, putting on the uh, April ballot a, a referendum there in regards, regards to reproductive uh, uh, choice. But the thing is this, is that I can't get that uh, so what is, uh, on the floor of the legislature to agree. What, are, what does leadership say when that's proposed? I mean, how do, they, how do they defend putting their questions on the ballot but not this abortion question? I mean, do they just kind of ignore the... Yeah, the, the, they got the votes. They got the votes. They voted it down. Yeah. Voted it down, and uh, the thing is, is they have to come back and they have to answer to their voters. The thing is this, is uh, we all have to answer to our voters. Uh, the, the concern we have here in the state of Wisconsin is, is these maps are so gerrymandered. I was going to say, and not, uh, only you have to answer yeah, to your voters. There's about, to, uh, well, there's about seven senators in the state that have to answer right, the and voters. This, the district that I have, which is the greatest state senate district in the state, but it is so equally balanced, right. 50-50. And quite frankly, Rick, I like it that way because it keeps me on my toes. It keeps me, you know, on top of the issues. And I have to be responsive uh, to both sides. And I think it creates, um, you know, some bipartisanship and it creates consensus building. And I think that's important. But uh, I do, you know, what gerrymandering has done is is led to where the legislature is not listening to the will of the voters. And you see this with this 1849 law. You see this when it comes to uh, uh, medical marijuana. You see this when it comes to issues like PFAS. Has, uh, the, has the deadline passed with being able to put stuff on the ballot? Yeah, I think it's this week. It's this week. I think it's this you know week because you, you need do. so much time in order to have our Get clerks and all that stuff. Yeah. What, I, what I was telling uh, our Democratic Party chair in the county is, okay, so you proposed the abortion thing and it didn't go anywhere, but it made news. Right. So why not just, as Democrats, propose all the issues? Legalize marijuana. Why don't we put that on the advisory referendum statewide? Um, PFAS, I mean, you can put that on an advisory <laughs> referendum. Just go down the list and make uh, make news stories out of everyone. Right. I mean, it would take a lot because you'd have less of a week to do it now. But right. um, And then at least people know, oh, Republicans aren't even allowing anything that people care about to get an idea of, of where the state stands on these issues right. to put on the ballot, except the two things that they think their conservative base will follow. That's right. And that's, and that's I mean, Rick, I hear you. The thing is, it is so frustrating. It is so frustrating, the fact that uh, we have a very, very balanced state. Both political parties this past election received about the same amount of votes. But we have a situation in which there is a gerrymandered legislature that has absolutely bottled everything up. And, um, you know, it is unfortunate because... um, you know, I, I believe that we should have a good, healthy, spirited debate. And um, the people that know me, they know that I don't always agree with everything. Um, but, you know, I try and move the ball down the field. I try and get things done. And right now, I feel like we're not getting as much done as we could. Yeah, and, and to counteract this, the La Crosse County Board has passed an advisory referendum on the 1849 law, uh, essentially banning all abortions in the state. So we're actually going to get a little bit of feedback for the state legislature, at least on how the county and maybe other counties are doing this. I don't know how many counties. I imagine a bunch of them are. Um, but but still, we, you know, like we're just playing politics when it comes to what we want to put on the ballot statewide. All right. Uh, a couple of people calling in. I'm going to take a break, call to take these calls and we'll be back. Not Hank Williams Jr. here. Brad. No, this is uh, called Buster Rhymes. <laughs> Good. I'm the only. I like to say I'm the only AM station in the world that plays Buster Rhymes. I don't know if that's true, but I like to pretend it is. Um, all right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. I got a couple of calls here for State Senator Brad Paff, who's hanging out with me this hour. 
Um, one is on the abortion law. So let's go to that one first because sure. we were just talking about that. Kent, uh, oh, let's see. I think Kent's on three now. I didn't write it down. Kent? Nope, this is Dan. Oh, hey, okay, no, okay, let's change it up. Okay, the other thing we were talking about is putting two questions on the ballot to constitutionally am- to amend the Constitution in the state on bail reform, uh, and Dan's got a take on that for Brad. Go ahead, Dan. Hi, Dan. Hey, uh, thanks, Rick. The, the main thing I was thinking is that, you know, I'm guessing why this is getting um, kind of across-the-board support is you, you're probably getting the, you know, you mentioned some of the things that are favorable towards the accused of, you know, whether they can pay restitution, whether they're an upstanding member of society, that sort of thing. But from from the from my perspective, one of the things that I'm in favor of is the ability to consider prior acts or recidivism of that of uh, of the accused on whether or not they should be eligible for bail or not. Is that is that kind of the 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 way things seem to you as well? I mean, is that I can't even. Off, I can't even say recidivism. Yeah, yeah but he, I mean, Dan brings up a very good point, and that is, um, you know, as far as any consideration for prior acts and recidivism, I mean, that's. Oh, the, now those, you're throwing the word yeah, out there. Okay, it's, it's a powerful word, <laughs> uh, but he, you know, he brings up a very good point, and that is, is that uh, you know, the judge to take into consideration what may. Has there been prior acts and uh, recidivism, and what can be done, and um, you know what what level of bail, or if there should be bail, yeah, um, for you know an individual like that? Yeah, so the one of the questions is that uh, you know part of the the judge can use these tools uh, to include the accused's the the accused previous convictions for violent crime, the probability that the accused will fail to appear in court, the need to protect the community. I mean, that one's kind of silly, but um, the the idea that we didn't give judges these tools is is crazy. But also the the cash part of this uh, throws a wrench into the mix. Um, I will say there the, this constitutional amendment is kind of going halfway, and it's not quite going all the way. But it's better than not going anyway because we gotta we gotta um, you know we, like adjust to the times. I guess I'll, I'll bring up. Speaking of adjusting to the times, Kent wants to bring up the law on abortion from 1849. Kent, go ahead. Hey guy, hey Brad, nice to talk to you. Very nice to talk to you. 1849. I mean, was I mean back in the day? I can't believe they're still going by this kind of law. You know, I don't think the state of Wisconsin was up, up was Wisconsin until like eighteen fifty eight. Nope, eighteen forty eight. They're they're going by this this old law about abortions, and I, I yeah, I'm a conservative, Brad. I'm I'm I thank you for being bipartisan and doing what you do. Thank you. But I think a woman's got a choice to do what she wants to do. Going back to a law from eighteen. 18- 49? Come on, man. No, I can't. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, 1849, just take a second think about it. Zachary Taylor was president of the United States. It was 12 years before the start of the Is Zachary Civil Taylor War. one of the Tim the Toolman Taylor? <laughs> no, no. It's not Tim the Tool. Zachary <laughs> Taylor was fresh off the uh, Mexican-American War, and he came back and he got elected uh, president of the United States. 1848. This is what we're talking about. 1849. This is what we're talking well, about as a state. 1848 is when Wisconsin, when Wisconsin became, became, a state. became a state in 1848. And the thing is, is there were no uh, no women at all in the legislature at that time. Women, women didn't have the right to vote until right 1920. Vote. That's right. It's 70 years before women had the right to vote. It's just, we can do better as a state. You know, hey, I recognize this is not an easy issue. I believe me. I mean, I understand it's not an easy issue, but I also firmly believe uh, that we need to give people a choice, and I believe in freedom, 
And um, you we know, could at I, least give voters a choice by putting I, it on the ballot. That's right. I, mean, I believe the voters should be on. The, but what Kent be in the ballot. says, what Kent says, makes perfect sense. I mean, the argument could be this is so ridiculous. It's a 174 year old law that right. ca- came about before women even could vote or even could be on uh, the the board to make votes, right, right. or make laws, I should say. Uh, so it's ridiculous. We shouldn't even talk about it. We don't need the public's opinion because we already know where it stands. But then you need to change the law, but mm-hmm. we're not doing that. We need to do one or the other, and, and doing neither means that we're just going to. Uh, and mm-hmm. and the, right. the 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 balance here is like the counter the counter argument for Republicans is we'll add what rape and incest to the part. That's what they're saying, That's, but they don't bring the bill to the floor. No, I mean they don't even bring legislation to the floor. But Evers will veto that. Right, rape no. and incest is right. such is the lowest bar in the world like that's just pathetic i mean he's you know the governor's been clear he's he's pro-choice and that's where he's at but what's happening here is people are voting with their feet right now you see situations um where people young people you know unfortunately are leaving this state and uh you know we have a demographic problem in this state already we want to make sure that we've got a workforce for the future um and the thing is is we got to make sure that we keep this state open and we got to make sure that we uh, recognize the fact that, uh, you know, we can't have 1849 laws put in place that are holding back one half of our state's population. I mean, how much talking when it comes to bail reform, when it comes to, and we didn't even dive into welfare and we don't have time to do it now because I would like, and you'll be back. So sure. I would like to just kind of explain the welfare thing because the welfare question sounds like something we're already doing as a state. We already just, are doing this as a state. My example would be like, should we put this on the ballot, Brad? Should 16-year-olds be uh, forced to take a driver's test to get their driver's license? We didn't do it during COVID, right. we, we, right. which is kind of the welfare thing. Right. We didn't do some of those welfare work requirements during COVID. Right. And now we, we would all go, yeah, 16-year-olds should take a driver's test driver's to get test. their driver's license. Yes, able-bodied, childless adults you know, without any kids should probably have to look for work to get welfare benefits. Uh, duh. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's just... I mean, it, it, this is this is just nothing but pure partisan politics. I mean, it's unfor. I support work. I believe in work. I mean, I wouldn't sit here if it wasn't the fact that we worked hard. I worked hard. Um, you know, I teach my children the value and the ethic of work. That's what this is all about. And of course, I'm always going to emphasize work. Um, but what we have in our state law right now is that, you know, if you are going to receive these benefits, that you have to work. And, um, you know, I voted for this measure. I voted for that measure because I strongly believe that the more that we can emphasize work, the better off we are. But I also recognize the fact that this is dupli- duplicitous, yeah. that we already have this as a law in place. Right. And everyone's going to read that, except for maybe the people that are on unemployment and go, right. mm, nope. But everyone's <laughs> going to read that and go, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Right. People that are on welfare. Should we? Should the state do a thing that the state's already doing in this regard? Yeah. Anyway, that's State Senator Brad Path. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Rick, for everything.